there. I am from Pantigo, North Carolina. It is an unincorporated township that was founded sometime around 1880. Sitting a little north of Bell Haven, west of Lake Matamuskeet, it is a coastal town where my mom and dad's people come from, which was stolen from the Matamuskeet Algonquian tribes and east of Little Washington, which is the closest city, meaning it has a Walmart. According to the 2019 census, there are 176 people in Pantigo. As for the demographic makeup or how many black people there are, let's just say it's a whole lot of white people, around 80%, and a handful of us, 17.65%. Pantigo, we pronounce it Pantiga, is actually essential to my family and must be acknowledged for holding us in such a special way. I grew up in a small world within that unincorporated township called Riddick Town. What's marvelous about that place is that it is not a literal town. Regardless, it holds the same value because it is quite literally the antithesis to that. Riddick Town was founded by Black Toil on Black Soil. My great-great-grandfather, Noah Riddick, was a sharecropper and my great-great-grandmother, Annie, a black and indigenous migrant worker, tended this 40-plus acres of land until they had the money to pay for ownership of it. What came from their life and union were eight dark-skinned children who each were given a half acre of land to live on or off with their families or just themselves and about another 35-ish acres for tilling and timber. Now, what this meant for a black family in the early 1900s was that there were eventually some shady dealings and sketchy planning in regard to wills and deeds as heirs became owners. But for the most part, everyone was given a piece of this property to claim as their own. To this very day, the descendants of Noah and Annie live there. And if they have passed on or moved out, then their children are there. This is why the area is called Riddick Town. Believe it or not, I couldn't until my elders told me there used to be rows and rows of fresh vegetables tilled and tended by our family. There was also livestock, including the usual chickens, cattle, goats and pigs, more memorable animals like my Uncle Chuck's pale white horse, my Uncle D's dogs and my Aunt Terry's horde of squirrels, snakes, frogs and even a pig that lived inside the house were also present. Twas a mess. This land also had a flowing creek of crystal clear water running through it that instinctively drew the line as to where our tall secret holding pine trees and land ended. What I love most about this land is that it is a land beyond concepts and principles of respectability, code switching, professionalism or exceptionalism and individualism which goes without saying that it is also beyond protections and provisions of the state or local governments. Weirdly enough, they have a volunteer mayor. Anyway, Pantigo is what some would call the middle of nowhere, the sticks, the country, backwoods, in the cut, Whoville, what the heck town, and so forth. But that is precisely what made and makes Riddick Town a portal for possibilities of abolitionist black life. I'll get into that next. That brings us to the end of our episode today. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being a supporter of the series. For other ways to contribute to the ongoing work of the Yonder Project, tap in with us on patreon.com slash yonder and become a monthly sustainer. Their levels from $5 to $50 plus and every little bit helps to move this effort forward. Peace to y'all and I'll catch you next time.